This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. Well, we just want to continue in our series. Uh, we kind of took a little, little break there with Father's Day, but uh, I'm talking about being unstuck, unstuck the details. This is the third week in our series, and my text is 2 Corinthians 3.18, 2 Corinthians 3.18, and the scripture says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is that spirit? And we're talking about, some translations say, being transformed from glory to glory. And if I say that word glory to you, some of you kind of wonder, I don't know what that means. I could say it with certain inflections like glory, and it could have different meanings, and glory. And, and so what does it mean? What does it mean? And what does it have to do with being stuck in life as I pondered these things? And, and, and I said this, that going from glory to glory is not moving from one state of spiritual euphoria to the next. How many know what I mean by that? And I kind of got, as a kid, grew up in that where, you know, in certain churches, they, they, they God bless them, uh, they chase manifestations, things. They want to see God move, so let's come together and let's make God move. How many know you can't make God do anything? Amen? But when God's moving, it's best to jump in. <laughs> Amen? And, and so I've been, I've, been, I've been a part of that. I understand that, and, and I do get that. And, and, uh, and, and, but a lot of times we, we get stuck in life, and God's heart is that we are changed daily. Somebody shout daily. Daily and being conformed into his image. That is his heart. To increase in the character in the nature of God. The character in the nature of God. And so, so, but this isn't always the case, as we've said. It's not always the case. We have this uncanny ability as humans to, to get stuck in life. Tragic things happen. Difficult things that we are faced with. And maybe it was a divorce, a death, a sickness. And maybe you were let go from work. Or uh, maybe there was a fragmented relationship that just, just devastated you. And maybe it was a painful upbringing that you went through. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe it was an abuse situation. All painful but very understandable situations for us all that we're faced with. But here's the thing. If you want to move forward, the things of God, watch this. This is golden. You've got to push. I said, you've got to push. You've got to push forward. You just can't sit there. I mean, there's a time and there's a season you may feel like you're in the corner licking your wounds, but you've got to push forward. You've got to push forward. And, 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 and a lot of times we want God to rescue us and change everything for us. And he's saying, I am there with you, walking with you, but you need to move forward. As you move forward, I'll move forward with you. How many with me say amen? And so we get stuck in life. You know, we all have a part to play. We have a part to play. Uh, this scripture says from glory to glory is to be continually be changed into what you were created to be. It is to be conformed into his likeness, increasing the character in the nature of God. That's what it means to go from glory and glory, not always constant good feelings and happiness all the time. And how many know the faith walk is exactly what it is? It's a walk of faith. All right, and I do love those times and seasons when God shows up, but, but we have to step out our journey uh, 
with him walking by faith. This verse says this. I love this. This says you. Somebody show you. I added that in there. It's really not in. But it means put on your new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Whose job is that? It's our job. It's our job to, to put that on. So how many of you know that if you can put something on, you can take something off? Amen? And so, you, you know, there's times and seasons that we all are faced with. You know, you know, this past weekend or this past week or whatever, I just had not put on. I took off, and, and I wasn't acting like, and, you know, you can fill in the blanks. But, but that is something we are to continue in, and, and, and God wants us to be reminded. And so we talk about being, being stuck, stuck in life and, and situations like that. But, but if we're going to move forward, we have to, to push. We have to push. And, you know, let me just say this about faith. And so you're wondering, why is he wearing a rubber band? You know, do we use these much anymore? How many use rubber bands? As a, as a kid, when you're younger, a lot of people use them for everything. Now everything's filed digitally. Uh, but how many of you know that this rubber band, uh, in order for it to be used, it has to be stretched? So if I just took this rubber band and just threw it, it's really not going that far. I have another one. <laughs> Some of you know exactly what I'm going to do. And, <clears throat> but, but it's just like our faith. See, our faith, in order for it to work, has to be stretched. It has to be stretched, right? And so that's just with faith. And so, so faith operates only when we're stretched. It doesn't operate when it's sitting idle like this. Amen. But see, here's the thing. Our default is what? Comfort. Come on now. You know, I travel out Colorado in that area, and we've been up into the mountains, and then we're in, in California, and we go to certain places, and you, you go and you see these beautiful houses, millions of dollars, okay? And they're, they're off the grid. Something about that excites me. I don't know. But they're off the grid. They don't pay for their electricity. You know, they put everything in. They got their own water, the sun, and everything. I mean, it's just totally off the grid, and they want no issues, no problems. How I many know life if you're really going to live life, you're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. And it's really not living. Amen? It's really You say, well, I would like to try that for a while. It's really not living. <clears throat> That's not to say everyone has a nice house. But anyhow, let me move right on here. But we're talking about you got to push forward. you got to push forward. And so, and so faith needs to be stretched, stretched. So there's a miracle tied to this, whoever gets it. Anyhow, <laughs> nobody got it. Well, no miracle. I'm just kidding. Uh, our faith is growing when we are stretched, when we stretch. And that's, that's just like in Scripture, you know. Bible says about a, a Elijah, it says there was the dead boy. The Bible said he stretched himself over him, and the boy was healed. I remember the story about Moses that they stood at the Red Sea, and he, he had the staff. What did he do? The Lord said, stretch forth that staff. And so when, when miracles happen when you stretch, can I get an Amen. Aaron and her were there beside Moses, and the Lord said, as long as you hold up that staff, Israel will prevail against the Malachites. But he got tired, and his hands got weak. So Aaron and her got behind him and held up his arms, so he continued to stretch. You know, that means there's times in our life we need each other to help us grow in our faith. Amen? <clears throat> Jesus said to the man that had the withered hand in the temple, and he said, stretch forth your hand, and he was healed. How many know 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ stretched for us on the cross? Amen, and, and, and purchase salvation. So, so, so if we want our faith to grow and we want to become unstuck, if I could use that term, not proper English, we have to push, push forward. Amen? Amen. And so I'm not going to recap on these next three points here because we, we talked about them uh, last week, some reasons why people get stuck in life and 
They accept their situation. They become creatures of habit. They avoid risk. We kind of ended on that. And, and uh, let me just say this, that about risk, you know, we're, a lot of times we don't take risk because we're afraid of failing. And, and, and so we don't want to take that. So we avoid those things. And I believe risk-taking is directly tied to faith our faith. And I'm not talking foolish things. I'm talking things that, that w- the gospel is underneath our readiness as we take those steps and risk my faith. Amen? So let's continue here for the sake of time here. And the next is uh, stuck in life. You know, we take things for granted. Hebrews 13, 16. Let's think about that. The Bible says, make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working for the common good. Share what you have with others. In other words, be generous, be liberal, the scripture is saying. Should I say that again? We're to be generous. We're to be liberal. We should not be stingy. Amen. It says, God is pleased with your sacrifices. Oh, this is a big thing. This is a really big... God is pleased with your sacrifices, and he notices them. And so, but some people, they they get stuck because of taking things for granted. Um, You know, I think about they get in a rut. A lot of times people and opportunities come by. Here's the thing. Opportunities are going to come by your life in and out. It'll ebb and flow opportunities. But some opportunities will come and then they'll never come again. Did you hear that? And so if we're not listening to the Lord and him speaking, we can can miss that opportunity. Can I get it? Amen. We miss it. And a lot of times people, they get stuck in a rut. They think, oh, that'll happen again. That's that opportunity to come by again. And it, it might not. It might not. They take for granted that, uh, you know, those opportunities. You know, I think of back in 1993 when we had the opportunity to come to Minnesota from Boston. And we were already out here in Minnesota in 1990 to 92. And then we went back. And I won't get into the whole story of that. But, but this opportunity came back to come work for a church and in 1993, and I just remember hearing that, and I really struggled. I struggled for, it was actually for a few months of, do, do I want to come back here? And felt like a failure if I come back here. I mean, I had all these emotions. It's like, you know, what, why? You know, but the, 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 inside there was this thing that God was calling me, and there was a ministry opportunity out here in Minnesota. And, you know, I could have said no. I don't know where I'd be today. <laughs> I don't know. But I could have, we could have said no. But, but that opportunity came, and I said, you know what? We need to take that step of faith. And, he, faith. and here's the thing. The moment we took that step, it wasn't until we made a decision, my wife and I, we had made up mind, peace came. Peace came. And we knew exactly this was the right choice. This is what we need to do. We loaded that budget truck, and we took off. Amen? We haven't looked back. Amen? And so <clears throat> uh, taking things for granted taking things for granted. God does not want us to take things for granted. You know, sometimes we can take our family for granted. Come on now. You just get busy in life because we think, hey, they're always going to be there. You know, they'll always be there. You know what? I wake up every day and go, where's my kids? Who took my kids? They're gone. Nobody took them. They grew up and they have a life of their own. I didn't think that would ever happen. (laughs) How foolish of me. Come on now. You have your kids. If you have kids and they work with you and they're around you, you are blessed. My kids are coming back in Jesus' name. I just declare that. Pray that. Amen? Instead of having Mary come back. <clears throat> I'm hanging on to that. I really am. <clears throat> but, you know, 
we take we take each other for granted, and we just think, oh, there will always be there, and that's not true. I know about situation years ago of a husband he mistreated his wife. His attitude was, ah, he would say this, she'll always be there. She'll never leave me. But after 38 years, she finally left him. Took her for granted. How many know if you don't water the flower, it's going to die? Thank you for those amen men. Men, amen. You got to water that flower. And, uh, you know, we we can take life for granted. I mean, life is as short-lived as smoke. (laughs) The scripture says in James 4.14, you don't even know what your life tomorrow will be. You're like a puff of smoke. (laughs) We think think we got a whole life ahead of it. It's like a puff of smoke, which appears for a moment and then disappears. So we don't want to take things for granted. We can get stuck in life and get so busy and thinking about other things that really, on an eternal scale, doesn't really matter. They give up on their dreams, Galatians 6, 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. This is a word for each of us here this morning. At just the right time, somebody shout time. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So there's something the scripture is admonishing us of not giving up. Now that Greek word in a time is the word keros. It means an opportune time, referring to things coming to a head, actually what it means in the Greek. It means to take full advantage of the right or favorable moment. My brothers and sisters, God has an appointed opportune times for each and every one of you if you don't give up. If you don't give up. He has an opportune time. I love this verse in Acts, and it's, it's somewhat t- times we peruse over it, and we don't really get what it means, but this is for us today. It says this, repent, good word, and turn back so that your sins may be wiped away. Amen? Watch what it says. Then times will come, times of refreshing, when the Lord will refresh you. He will send you Jesus, whom he has appointed to be the Christ. So God has times of refreshing for you and I. You just don't have to have a life that's a testimony. Like, you know, when I was saved, God really, he touched my life. And it was such a tremendous moment. But since then, nothing really has been happening. God has times of refreshing for your life. I said, if you can grab a hold of that, even today, there's a refreshing today if you receive that. Amen? Are refreshing. Don't give up on your dreams. A lot of times it's easier to give up on our dreams than fight for them. And, 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 you know, we're faced with seemingly impossible situations and we face resistance and we want to quit. And, and why? Because a lot of times it's just too hard for us. I hear it all the time. Listen, you think pastors ever want to quit? <laughs> you know, I was actually reading a statistic about kids that go to college and what they go for for their profession and, and the highest unemployment in those professions, and it goes down to the, to the least, actually, the, the lowest level unemployment profession is being a minister. <laughs> Do you think of that? 0.01%. I mean, so there's like opportunity everywhere, but nobody's going in the ministry. Hmm. And I think about, well, I'm not going to give up. Amen? Can't. I have no excuse. Hallelujah. Giving up. Giving up. You know, here's the thing. If we want to uh, break out and escape, we have to aspire. God wants us to aspire to be better than we are, to, to be more, to reach for more. Don't stop trying to achieve what God has put in your heart. Can you say amen? You know, so we're dealing with this little little house uh, that's becoming a big project for us, my wife and I, that we, we deal with after work and uh, on the weekends. Um, and, and here's the thing. Every time you dig into something and you're doing this, you know, remodel and gutting and you, you, you face resistance. And, and just here, I'm like, 
Mike Holmes on the, the uh, HGTV. Make it right. I mean, I can't, I can't cover something up if it's not right. Because you know why? I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to think of that thing behind that wall. Come on now. And it's going to bother me forever because it wasn't done right. And so what I would do is I start getting into something and I, my wife's like, oh, here he goes again, you know. And I, nope, this is, this is rotted. It needs to be taken out and fixed. But you know what? That's a lot of work. It's a lot more work, but in the long run, it's worth it. Amen? How many with me say amen? And so you got to push. you got to push. And, and when you have resistance and you face resistance, don't throw your hands up in the air. I can't do this. You know, stop. Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk through this. And whatever it takes, we're going to do this right. Amen? I think of uh, not giving up uh, 2011. I think me and millions of other midlife crisis men that ended midlife crisis back then started doing triathlons. And for whatever reason, you know, all these guys in their late 40s are good doing these triathlons. And I don't know if an angel in heaven rang a bell or what. It's time, you guys go. And so I never really did them before. And, and I was concerned about it. I knew I was heavier than most, over 200. So I was in the Clydesdale class. <laughs> here, you know, the bush ad, here comes the, you know, that's my class. Like, all right. So, but I did get down to eight minute, seven and a half minute mile at one time. But, but, but my swimming was the toughest because I, you know, how many of you went through swimming through high school? You could swim. Okay, some of you is. And my son was an awesome swimmer. Went to state a number of times for the backstroke. I mean, he was just a phenomenal swimmer. And I wish I had that as a kid because I'd have advantage. And uh, I just, I get in the water and I could not do that rhythmic breathing stroke swim. I could do this and that's not going to get you anywhere in a 600 or a half mile or a three quarter mile or a mile, you know, triathlon. You know, you're not going to make it. And so I remember tr pr practicing, getting in the pool, and, and I had Coach Nelson. I said, can you, can you help me out? He's like, okay, I'll see what we can do with you. And I'd get in there 6.30 in the morning in the pool and start slapping, and he would just slowly, he's just like, you know what, do this, turn your head. And it took me months, hear me, months, two, three months to finally get that down. There were times I'd start swimming, and I would gulp water with chlorine, like not just a little... <clears throat> swallowed it to where I'm dying. People look at me and go, what is he, like a dead carp? What's going on with this guy? I would be going, could barely make him. And I'm thinking, I can't do this. I, I just can't do this. But one day, for some reason, it clicked. And I was so excited because I kept swimming and I kept swimming and I had my rhythmic breathing and I swam and I swam and I swam a whole mile without stopping. I was so excited. That was a big thing for me. I didn't think of that was huge, okay, for someone that couldn't. Thank you. And it's just, but I didn't quit, okay? And I really wanted to. I'd slap the water. I'm like, that's it. I'm crazy. Why am I doing this? But I didn't quit, and I got it. And so I just want to encourage you. Press on in. Press on in. Amen? Hebrews 13, 16. Make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack and working for the common good. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, then next almost finished here, avoiding responsibility, 1 Corinthians 13, 10, some things that we can get stuck in life. 1 Corinthians 13, excuse me, 11 says, as Paul said, when I became a man, I put the ways of, of, of a childhood behind me. You know, I'm going to say this with a smile in a life-giving way, but you know, a lot of times we can feel like we're a victim. We're a victim. Everything happens to me. Everything bad happens to me. I don't talk like that. 
I want you to know, I don't walk around like, whoa, well, my luck. I used to say that a lot. Well, you know, my luck, or you know what? You should not talk like that. Amen? Forget about your luck. You know what? God's going to help me through this. I'm going to make this. You know what? We can do all things through Christ Jesus. I don't care. Even if you don't believe it, say it. Amen? Come on, say it. Don't walk around, oh, you know, my God, all bad. My God. If something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Don't say it. Don't think, come on now, some of you need to hear this word. Don't walk around that way and just think that in your mind. And because, and, and you, know, you know, a lot of times people don't realize that many times in life, things happen because of us, because of our decisions or our inactivity, our passivity. Yes, there are unforeseen circumstances and there's those variables I believe can be accounted for and planned for, for the most part. But let me just say this. People that are stuck fail to realize that their, watch this, happiness is their own responsibility. In other words, they are guaranteed the pursuit of happiness, but not happiness itself. You know, our founding fathers understood that happiness is self-generated and cannot be given to anyone from the outside. Did you get that? You know, there was a season I went through and I had to just choose joy. Um, to choose joy. And things weren't... You know, just it was just a difficult season in my life, and I've gone through numerous of the many of those seasons, just challenges, thinking, you know what? Why go any further? I mean, what good am I doing? And, and all that, and I struggled and I struggled. And Proverbs ten twenty eight says, "The hope of the righteous will be joy and gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish." And I just thought about that joy and gladness, joy and gladness. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Did you hear that? The joy. We need more joy in our life. You know, worship is vertical. It's between us and God. But I need you to have joy. I need, it's horizontal. Joy is horizontal. And, 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 and being in a worship time, in a time of praise with joy, and, and, and that's, that's infusing with strength. And I began to think about it. There's seasons I had, to, I had to just choose joy. I was not happy. And so what did I do? Just started to listening to more praise songs, amen? And just started to get joy in my life. Sometimes just read some Christian jokes and some funny things and, and just, just, just choosing to think on those things that are not depressing, amen? And, and I had to just, I had to make a choice. It wasn't like God was gonna say, I'm gonna come down there, Mike. I'm gonna change you and make you happy. It's not gonna happen. But when we choose it, God will move. When I think about Avoiding responsibility, you know, we just finished this men's series, the 33. And they talk about an alarming trend in this generation. It's called extended adolescence. I thought this was interesting. They talk about, it's called guideland, where young men drifting. They have no mission in life. And talk about, the, they play video games for the wee hours, and they're seeking thrills. And, and the research, research on this topic says that the surprising thing about the stereotypical aimless young man playing video games in his parents' basement is he's actually happier than ever for a time. <laughs> the problems come later. One survey on this topic of extended adolescence says a young life spent playing video games can lead to a middle age without marketable skills or connections. There is some evidence that these young, lower-skilled men who are happy in their 20s become much less happy in their 30s and 40s. Wow. Friends, the Bible expects us to take responsibility and grow up. Amen. 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 You know, able-bodied people should work. Should work. 
That's, that's not political. That's the truth. That's Bible. Look at right here, 2 Thessalonians 3.10. If one is able but unwilling to work to provide for himself or his family, it is unjust for him to receive the necessities of life provided free by those who willingly work. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's in the Bible. <laughs> I didn't write it, but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> 1 Timothy 5, 8, men, we and women, we are to take responsibility for providing for our households. Can somebody say amen? All right, I'm going to wind this down. So how do we get unstuck? What's God's way? We are to go from glory to glory. And we said this, we're not to go from mess to mess. From trouble situation to trouble situation to trouble situation, and someday we're going to have a breakthrough. No. 2 Corinthians 3.18, our text says, but we, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed. Somebody shout changed. God wants us to be changed into the image of Christ. The image of Christ going from glory to glory. You know, at times I would tell myself, you know what, I'm in this difficult situation and just need to get through this and hunker down and get through it and days are going to be better and we'll just kind of make it through this and it's not going to last. We're going to go from glory to glory. But you know what suddenly struck me when I read this verse, thinking about it and pondering, and it does, it says this, it doesn't say we're going from a mess to a glory. It says we're going from glory to glory. In other words, from our current, watch this, glorious place to another higher glorious place. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean, it means we will not be promoted to the next realm of glory and to the realm we are presently living in is glorious. Stand with me if you would, please. What does that mean? We'll talk about that, Lord willing, next week. But God's heart and desire is that we go from glory to glory. We're not going to be promoted to the next level. And some of you think, I feel stuck. I've been in, you know, things haven't been the same for the last 15 years. Well, wait a minute. Maybe something needs to happen here. We need to get unstuck. Maybe, maybe there's a, a repentance issue. Come on. Maybe there's a forgiveness issue. Uh, maybe there's a, you know, a letting go of something and an embracing. I don't know. But God is saying, or maybe it's a relationship issue. You're not going to move forward. We're not going to graduate forward in the things of God if we're going from mess to mess. God wants us to make glorious that present situation. And maybe you have a difficult marriage. Maybe that's challenging to you, excuse me. Maybe you have challenging things with your family. Maybe it's work relationships. Maybe your present financial situation is just feel like it's in the doldrums. Maybe you're faced with a health situation that's just really alarming you. Make it glorious now. You know, I did a series a few weeks ago on being a new creation in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And, and I wrote this down. Character change is directly re related to time deliberately spent in God's presence. Let me say that again. Character change is directly related to time deliberately spent in God's presence. We are changed when we spend time in God's presence. We are not changed watching the soap operas. Come on now, amen. Or all the shows or whatever, or the news 24-7 and whatever. We are changed. We're in God's presence. What we think about, we become. For every minute we spend in God's presence, that minute is dominated by the Lord. Amen. Every head bowed, please. The theological word for that is called metamorphosis. It means changing.
that process that God desires, we mature in Christ. It happens to you and I when we choose to renew our mind. And so here's the question I want to leave with you here this morning. What are you doing day in and day out to renew your mind? That's pretty pointed, Pastor Mike. I'm going to say it again. What are you doing day in and day out to renew your mind? If it's total garbage in, it's going to be garbage coming out. So, Pastor, what do I do? You need to get in God's presence. How? Maybe tomorrow morning, wake up, break out that coffee if you're a coffee drinker. Break open God's Word and begin to read. So I don't understand. You can get a Bible that you can easily read. A message Bible is the street language of the New Testament. Beautiful book. Beautiful word. Maybe you should just set aside some time if you're an early bird and just play worship music and just begin to worship God in the morning. I don't know. You know? Maybe you can journal. Maybe there's devotions that you get and when you get that devotion, you ponder those words. You search in the scripture and what does that mean for me today? You say, what are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? It is your and my responsibility to grow ourselves spiritually. And in order for us to be unstuck, we need to take those steps of faith. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Be not conformed. Do not be conformed to this present world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. Friends, by renewing our minds daily, we reflect the glory of God in us. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you for your word here today going forth. And I just declare, so shall your word go forth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish where into sent. And there will be a prospering of your word in our lives today. Lord, I thank you for decisions being made, even in the sound of my voice, Father. Decisions to be made starting tomorrow morning, or even right now, that'll take effect tomorrow morning. Decisions, Father, it'll change our life. You know, some of you think, well, I've been busy, whatever. Listen, just begin again. Just begin again. Dust that Bible off. Just begin again. Don't beat yourself up. Just begin again. Draw near to God. He's not mad or angry, but we will not be changed unless we take that step of faith. Unless we stretch our faith like the rubber band, it's not going to happen. What are you doing day in and day out to stretch your faith? Hallelujah. You're here this morning as a pastor. I, I'm not right with the Lord. I need to get right with God. Today is a good day for you to know Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Let's pray together corporately if you would. And for those of you listening by audio or television, you want to receive Jesus in your life. You want to have that assurance of salvation. This is how you do that, by accepting Christ into your life. Pray with me. Say this, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. 
For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.